Alex, we're back. Hello, Adam. How are you? Oh, back to 100%. Yearly. That's good. So what was wrong with you? I have no idea. I just got better. <laughs> oh, well done. So I'm not going to complain. That's that's a very much a, 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 a terrible answer, but we can take it. <laughs> as long as we're back and we're doing well. A lot's happened over the last few days, hasn't it? Well, we have like the trade of the, I don't even know, year the most to under- talk about. Uh, the most underwhelming trade of like the past five years. <clears throat> oh, Sorry. oh, for sure. Uh, that might go to Eric Carlson. Uh, don't you dare. <laughs> I mean, just very, very quickly before we go into everything. Obviously, Mark Bergevin did a press conference. is always fun. Um, the Leafs played, which always means that there's some sort of shenanigans afoot. Um, a president got impeached and a hockey player was tweeting about it because, oh, uh, great. DJ Smith <laughs> is dumb. Vancouver are, are up is up in flames as they always are. It's fantastic. Antoine Roussel is a baby. Kolvachuk's gone. Crawford's back. Farabee got suspended, which, you know, was actually a good move by player safety. What the hell? It, there's just so <laughs> much stuff, Alex. But you know how we start the show, don't you? Well, let's start with the Power Hour. I think we should do that. Alex, the first thing I see on the notes for the Power Hour is, is you asking about the best holiday movies. Yeah. I want to know what your favorite holiday movie is. You know, just get on the couch, get a blanket, just sit there and watch that movie with maybe see, with some popcorn. See, the thing is with me, Alex, I don't watch a lot of the holiday special stuff. I'm not really a big fan of that stuff. Like, I never watched Charlie Brown or any of those shenanigans. I don't like the Grinch. So I'm, I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not you a big celebratory seasonal holiday type of guy. So you don't have an answer for me. I, I don't know. What about you? Well, mine is Elf. You know Elf with Will Ferrell? I, you can't go this time of year without seeing something about that day. <laughs> I've never seen it's it. so good. Oh, Adam, I don't know if we can do this podcast anymore. Uh, I mean... <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I mean, Will Ferrell's <laughs> a good actor. But his movies, he has some really good ones and he has some real stinkers. It's like yes, so weird. Yes. Also, sure. that that stint on The Office was just terrible. But um, <laughs> Alex, do you know what my favorite website on the planet is? Cap Friendly. Yes. So Cap Friendly came out with this nice little tool today, and I just see this thing. I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's I can see the Montreal Canadiens Cap Friendly site on Twitter. I'm like, that's really weird. And um, so and it was just to show some features. So Cap Friendly, I'm going to read a tweet from them that uh, came up earlier today. Major feature announcement! Exclamation point. Today we are releasing our newest interactive feature, comma, a trade machine! Exclamation point. The machine accurately calculates salary cap limits based on normal and LTI operations, roster limits, retained salary, three-way trades, and more. Now, Alex, if you're a normal fan, this means nothing to you, but I, as, as a hardcore fan, I love that so much. That's yeah, I just uh, pulled up the first one I saw. Happens to be a trade between the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Zach Hassey and Adam Larson and Jesse Pugliarvi 
are being sent to the Leafs for Tyson Berry, Kasperi Kapanen, and Jeremy Bracco, plus a 2027th. If you're the Leafs, you do that trade, don't you? Really? I do no, it. No. No. I, no. Alex, I think you're being a bit silly there. No. No, 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 no. You're being... Okay, read it to me again. Read it to me again. Zach Cassian, mm-hmm. Adam Larson, yeah. and Jesse Pugliarvi mm-hmm. for Tyson Berry, Casperi yeah. Kapanen, yeah. Jeremy Bracco, and a mm-hmm. seventh round pick. No. Okay. Bracco? I okay, don't... So, hold on, hold on. May I give an explanation why I would do this trade if I'm the Leafs? Please. Besides the first three games after Babcock was fired, Barry doesn't fit in. Kapanen looks like he can't really find a spot. Adam Kapanen Larson looks, looks look great on no, the no, third no, no. line. No, no, no. no, on no. The, no now you just make up excuses. Listen, I know I'm going to be in a really testy mood this entire episode because awesome. uh, that's what I a, like. There's a lot of stuff that's pissed me off in the league over the past few hours alone, not to mention, like, the past few days. But, I mean, anyway, the the, the point here is Cat Friendly is the best, and I know me and you are going to waste a lot of time on that website, aren't we? I already waste a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go into any university lecture hall, go to the back, look down or, or, like, across the room, and I guarantee you will see at least two people in Cat Friendly before class starts, even during it, maybe. Um, I just talked about something that's really pissing me off in this this league. So today, it looks like Jack Eichel is going to miss tonight's game with some sort of injury. The flu. So this is this is the flu. Okay, so this is what's yeah, super ju- annoying. This is not an. He doesn't have an Iron Man streak going. He's not Patrick Marlowe, but for some reason, tonight his point streak ends at seventeen games. Sorry, with Dave Andrew Chuck twice. For the longest in Sabres history. I didn't know he was a Sabre before my time. But anyway, one behind Gilbert Perot's record of 18 straight. Alex, can you explain to me why him missing a game affects your point streak? That's so dumb. Because a point streak is is games and game. I don't know, to be honest. I couldn't give you a proper explanation. This is the stupid league where it's like, oh, you didn't lose eight straight. It was eight. It's an eight-game winless streak. If you don't win, Alex, what do you do? You, you lose. lose. You lose. It's, it's such a dumb league. Uh, tell me about it. I've been complain. We've been complaining about it. We're on episode thirty-one. I guarantee you, we've been complaining about it since episode one. Episode thirty-one, Carey Price edition. We shall call it. Um, speaking sure. of. Um, speaking of a league where stuff get you know really dumb stuff happens, Ilya Kovalchuk, who if you remember had the whole shenanigans. Oh, Adam, uh, yeah, Adam, 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 Ilya yeah. Kovalchuk, yeah. he's gone. Yeah, but where does he go, Alex? Even the so, Kings great. I did. I did a little digging. I said, okay. what does Ilya Kovalchuk bring to a team? Yeah. He's pretty much just good for the power play. Basically. And, like, maybe you can throw him on a third line. But the thing was, is he was making $6.25 million. Which they will Uh, keep, the the Kings will keep as a cap it for this season and next. Yeah. Uh, 
he's pretty much only good for that. Mm-hmm. So what team look is looking for scoring? Now, there's obviously the New York Islanders, which I think they're just really looking for some type <laughs> of depth scoring. And they Can were in on... Lou brings back Kovalchuk. Listen, man. Seriously, though, they were in... It seemed like they were in on the uh, Taylor Hall sweepstakes. And I wouldn't be surprised if he hits free agency, if he is... If that team is on top of Taylor Hall. Mm -hmm. Now, the the other team I have rained down is you're not going to be happy about it and neither am I but it's the Boston Bruins. Now, mm-hmm. it was uh per mm-hmm. Igor per Igor Arenko, uh it they are interested in him again. Now they were interested in him before he signed in LA and I think both of us wish that he signed for that deal in Boston because it would just be way too funny. No, no, he, it would have worked out because Boston <laughs> It would have worked out, Alex. We both know that. Now, I'm surprised you didn't say Arizona as well. Well, well, now they have Taylor Hall. I'd like to see what happens because adding a piece like Taylor Hall isn't a small move. Uh, it's a pretty big move. I'd like to see what they do with Taylor Hall. Of course, we're going to go be, a lot more in Yeah, depth we're going to go – be, yeah, before um, – before I say they should add someone like Ilya Kovalchuk. Okay. Now, I have a stat for you. All right. From, from Dmitry Filipovich. The best Twitter follow in hockey. The Los This is for next season. The Los Angeles Kings have 11 million in cap space tied up in Kovalchuk, Dion Phaneuf, and Mike Richards. Can you name <laughs> me and which of those players... Play None for of the them. Kings. None, None of them. them. None of them. What? What? It's just unbelievable. Another dumb thing about the league: that damn Mike Richards buyout. Jesus, that happened like right around the time I started getting into hockey, and to this day, I still don't understand what happened. It's, Except it's, there was some poke or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I guess before we move on, I think. Mm-hmm. It's important to note that he does have an offer from a team in the KHL, but he does want to play for a contender in the in the NHL. But I think it was per, it was from John Shannon saying, "Don't there is interest in him, but don't expect anything prior to the roster freeze, which I think had has already started. Mm-hmm. So we won't really see anything happen with him until after." Of course. Uh, well, now, Alex. Now, I know we have Crawford returning to the bench, but I forgot mm-hmm. to bring this up earlier. This is from the CBC. It's an on this day. Oh, I love these. <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous. In 1984, a 23-year-old, Wayne Gretzky, became the youngest NHLer to reach 1,000 points. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. No. <laughs> he had a thousand points at 20 what? 23. He's just not fair, is he? <laughs> I wish I could go back and be born so I could grow up watching Wayne Gretzky play the game of hockey instead of being born 
the year he retired. Oh. His, his number retirement in the uh, like and sets like career ending thing in, in 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 Edmonton was the month after I was born. Oh man, I wish I could there. see that guy play. And if if those of you if somehow you listen to this show and you don't listen to the Steve Dangle podcast, well, why would you? Because we're better than Steve. But um. I want to bring up, Alex, I know you've probably seen this because you listened to the new episode, but I love really insane stats. And so they talked about the QMJ, because obviously the QMJHL is known for being one of the like the highest, highest scoring leagues in the CHL. And on the Danglebot, they were talking about Mary Lemieux's numbers. And it's really weird. I had them up in front of me before they mentioned it, closed it, Heard them say it and had to double check because I didn't believe them despite looking at it again. For those of you who don't know, in <laughs> Mario Lemieux's last year in the QMJHL for the Laval Voisin, played 70 games, <laughs> 133 goals, 149 assists. For 289 points in 70 games. He nearly Sorry. averaged two goals a game. Two what the 189 hell? points in he in 70 games. <laughs> he averaged 4.12 points per game. Oh, guys, I, I, he's still the fifth best player of all time because who cares? Oh, but, my um, gosh. Here we go again. Crippy and a baby. Um, but yeah, let's just get Crawford out of the way. So, of course, um, assistant coach for the Chicago Blackhawks, former head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, where he won a cup. Mark Crawford will be returning to duties in the new years. Uh, in the new year, sorry. He issued a statement. Uh, he actually apologized, which is, of course, Mike Babcock and the whole Bill Peters stuff. He's the first one to, I would say, not just give an apology because it was said that Mike did apologize, but the first one to give a, a public apology. And in my a opinion, it, it felt like he meant it. Um, of course, the guys like my, like Patrick O'Sullivan didn't come out and they didn't quite accept it. But Alex, it was almost a fresh air to see that. And of course, in the same, it also said that he went to therapy. And he's, he's gotten help. He's actually tried. We talked about Dan Carcillo has tried to improve himself since being an advocate for changing the NHL. It seems like Mark Crawford has done the same thing. And that's why... And I think I texted you when it first released and I said, I don't have a problem with this, with this apology. I don't have a problem with him coming back because he's, he's proven himself. Uh, he said, yeah, I made a mistake, but he's proven himself and said, I did this, this, and this to, uh, I guess, fix, fix the problems that he was dealing with, which shows that he knows what he did was wrong. And he did something to fix it. Now, if he comes back and we hear more stories uh, in the future of this, then we're talking a completely different story. But based on what we know, it seems like he's he's fixed himself, fixed the problems he's had, and has moved on from from that those incidences. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously we'll get more into it. We I, we keep postponing this discussion because we're Daniel's having fault. trouble with with <laughs> scheduling with Daniel, but we're gonna get to it, and I think we're gonna get more into it. I don't want to use mm-hmm. up all the notes I have there. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I just want to add on the Crawford front, of course, 
I want like people need to not give people like Patrick O'Sullivan a harsh time because they're not accepting what Crawford is saying. Of course, me and you are obviously saying that you know it's nice to see an apology of that, but of course we're not going to forgive him because it's not our right to. We're not the players. We're not that. But um, again, like I do have a certain amount of respect for Crawford for apologizing, but at the same time. Maybe, you know, say something. No, so never mind. I was going to say, say something before this comes out, but of course, like, no, no, no. You're not, no one's going to do that, right? But, um, anyway, moving on. Uh, Alex, I can't remember the last time I've ever said this, but I think player safety got it right. So, Joel Farabee, Philadelphia Flyers rookie, a rookie, 19-year-old Joel Farabee, who I think is a, is a damn good player. New Jersey have, sorry, Philly have something there. Uh, in, uh, during a game on Sunday against the Winnipeg Jets, who are, are really good, by the way. God damn it. I hate them so much. And apparently they're going to get Bufflin back. Um, has a bit of a, a mix-up of Matthew Perot, who is not the cleanest player either. Uh, an interference call was made, and he ends up getting three games. He is not a repeat offender, of course. I don't think he's even had a hearing or a fine this year. I could be wrong. But as a result, Farabee will, of course, forfeit fourteen thousand nine hundred. All that shenanigans, basically fifteen grand of his salary. But I, I, we're going to get into Okposo and Dermot later. But I just want to say I think this was the right call. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. the, the Department of Player Safety. This has just been a really bad week. They had. I. It was really good. And then they really screwed up, and now they're on my bad side again. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to yell about it today because I've done it. I've I've done it. I've done it too much. May, I might do it later. That's a lie. Maybe. Maybe. I just have it up right now. Like I'm I'm rewatching the hit right, and uh, it is it is pretty brutal. I have a really bad habit of doing this, but Perot, you know. Gets rid of the puck, turns around, and it's blatant. It's so late. It's not even funny. He just clips him. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this when we talk about Oposo later, but... Oh, boy. Uh, you know what's worse than player safety, though? <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks. Now, Man. I don't know if there is a team... like. Like, the Leafs, there's a different kind of thing. As a Habs fan, I hate the Leafs, but, like, in a, you know, in, in a certain type of way. The Canucks, though, I just, I would be fine if the Canucks were never good again. <laughs> you know? So, they were, there. there's been a bunch of, we talked about Demko going out. The, the, the situation of their cap is always, is very much well known. But I think everything kind of capped off. When they lost to Montreal a few days ago, 3-1, they lost a special teams type of game. And what really was really, really funny about this, Alex, was before the game against Montreal, did you see what Antoine Roussel said? Yeah, I did. And I know I know you really want to bring it up. And, and yeah, like I, I get your I, – I can already imagine what you're going to say. So I'm going to let you say it and then give my – I guess I'm just kind of being devil's advocate at this point. So I just want to quickly bring up the standings to put – Alex, I don't, I don't know don't if you can tell. Don't bring up the standings. But, but don't bring I, up the – I, I, I love a good setup, right? 
I, I love casting in that. So the Vancouver Canucks have lost three straight games. In their last ten, they're four and six. They're now below the Calgary Flames in the Pacific. They're uh, fifth in the Pacific Division, four points behind the Flames with only a game in hand, Alex. They're only two games ahead of the Sharks, two points ahead of the Sharks, so I should say. By the way, the Yotes in that division have just gotten Taylor Hall. You may have heard. The Golden Knights are turning it on, and the Flames have a coach who isn't a dickhead anymore. I noticed so, you skipped on one team there. Who? Did you not? Did you say no, the Oilers? Edmonton don't <laughs> count. They're they're garbage. So Antron Roussel, who is actually from France, so he's fake French. I I know I know France is actually he's fake French. he's as what? A, as somebody who wishes they were from Quebec, I'm I'm saying that he's fake French. He's actually from France, which is really weird because I saw Roussel. I'm like, are you from Quebec, dude? But wait, sorry if you can hear my dogs yelling at they're being dicks. So. If Alex, me and you are are fans of probably we're members of two of the most obnoxious fan bases in the league, right? In Toronto and Montreal. So can't argue with that. Whenever our two fan our two teams go across Canada for road trips, there's almost, if not more, of our fans than other fans at certain barns, and so this is. From Antoine Roussel and not being a fan of how many Habs fans are in the city of Vancouver. Quote, there are too many red jerseys here, Roussel said according to TSN's Jeff Patterson. It pisses me off the way they feel like it's their home. It's our home. Get the hell out of here. End quote. <laughs> now, Alex. Did you see how many Habs fans are actually at the game? In Vancouver. I didn't, but I I heard something. I think, I don't remember if it was, I think it was on 31 Thoughts, saying there were quite a few. I want you, after we're done this, to go watch the highlights from that game and see Wasn't it? how many Habs fans there were. It's it a was, lot. It was such a joke. The Habs Twitter account was making fun of it. And they even put, because now they're in Calgary for the next game. Uh, Brett Kulak's former team, Kale Flurry's from there. And they were saying, we'd love to see it, guys. How about we do it again in Calgary? So it's basically, by the way, Antron Roussel in that game, uh, offensive zone turnover leads to Montreal tying the game up. So I'm just, I'm looking at the Canucks, right? And I'm like, you're falling down the standings. You don't have your first overall pick, despite having a potential 30-goal guy in Brock Besser, the best player in your franchise since Pavel Bure and Elias Pedersen, uh, Quinton Hughes, who is, you know, a fantastic young defenseman, who is what you want in today's NHL, and you are still just blowing it. And I have no sympathy at all for the Vancouver Canucks. I really don't. Yeah, uh, listen, I think at the end of the day, it was just trying to pick, like, just trying to start something. Especially for the fans, because you know they're going through a tough time. Like they're going through. Uh, personally, I think uh, I think this team has a lot of potential, mm-hmm. and I just don't think it, the fact that they have all these players making all this money, who are probably no no offense wait, that wait, are wait. Uh, are useless. Uh, Alex, Alex are, are you asking me to bring up cat friendly? Oh, I sure. I, I already to. have Cap Friendly up. I already oh. have Cap Friendly up. Can, can you read me some of those contracts, Alex? Yeah, I know. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. If they, <laughs> I, 
I'm just saying, I and I get it. You don't like Vancouver. It's just they have they have this potential. They finally have these goalies. They have Quinn Hughes. They have Elias Pedersen. They have Brock Besser. And it's just like they can't get it together. And having those players be good and on a good team is always better for the league no matter what team they're on. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't like the Edmonton Oilers because 24-7, 365 days of the year, they continuously crap on Leaf on the Leafs for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. But they have two of the best players in the game. You're telling me that hockey as a sport wouldn't be better if they were in the playoffs? It's not true. The lead, the girl, the game grows when Conor McDavid gets put on the platform of the right, playoffs. right. And a team like this should succeed. They have Quinn Hughes, like this Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr. We're talking about the next generation of Norris winning defensemen in their rookie years. In their rookie years, and it's like I don't know what's going on there. But I and I we've done this before. But I'm sorry, the Jay Beagle, the Anton Roussel, uh, the Brandon Sutter, and the Louis Erickson deals just don't work. No, I don't know what was. I don't know what was going on there. And when Elias Pedersen has to get paid, and when Quinn Hughes has to get paid, and that that Mr. Demko has to get paid, man. You're in the sticky situation mm-hmm. because you made those deals, and and I saw a lot of people looking to get have Jim uh, Jim Benning fired, and honestly, that the thing is, Jim Benning's a scout. Yeah, Jim Benning's a scout, and scouting is a part of being a general manager, but it's not the entire thing. That's why. No, well, one of the reasons I said Mark Hunter should not be general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs is Mark Hunter is a scout. Sure, he's a general manager in the OHL, but half of that is scouting. The majority of that job is scouting. So he's a scout. If if he gets fired, a team will pick him up like there is like there's no tomorrow. You look at the first round picks, and they brought this up in the S. DP, and I think it's a really important point. You look at just the first round picks, because I'd argue the first round picks are the most important picks a general manager makes. Mm-hmm. It sets your franchise back five years if you miss on one. Right. Elias Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, uh, Oli Ulevi, Jake for and Jake Vertanen. I, I might be missing one. But, okay, Two are franchise, I, you could argue, franchise players. Oli Ulevi, we still don't really know what's going on with him. Uh, he, he'll he be an NHL player. It's just how good will he be? And Jake Vertanen, who's a guy. He's not a top, I don't know if he's a top six, uh, but he's a guy. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt just quickly. And, and also, Oli Ulevi has been plagued by injury, so that is, is one thing to think about that guy. But, uh, yeah. That's where the problems start, is that on July 1st, you're not signing Antoine Roussel and Jay Beagle to four-year deals at $3 million because that's not what the team needs. 
You want to sign one of them, not a big deal. But in four years, $3 million, way too much. Mm-hmm. That's would it. We, would we like to move on to DJ, DJ Smith and why I think he's a bit stupid? Does it have anything to do with ice time? It does. Thomas so, Shabbat? The, the Sens aren't making the playoffs, right? No, but they look like an interesting team. Not that they're going to hit the playoffs, but they look interesting. They're fun. Duclair, Pajot, like they're a fun team to watch, I think it's fair to say, right? Right. But what I don't understand is when I think they're not New Jersey out of it, but they're out of it. Let's be honest here. While you're in a game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I understand Kucherov got benched. That's a whole big deal. Tampa Bay, I, I think we still refuse to count them out. But I don't understand why in a overall meaningless game, you ride Thomas Shabbat for 37 minutes and 50 seconds, Alex. Do you know, I think I, I can tell you this for a fact, the last time he played that much. Uh, I think I know what you're going to say, and I have the number with me. Now, if At I'm the World correct, Juniors? World, World Juniors, Juniors 2017. Dom Ducharme was the head coach. Noah Juleson was on that team. Every other That was when he said that Thomas Shabbat was the best player not in this league, and he played an insane amount. That was a gold medal I game. I have it. 43 minutes, 53 seconds. But the difference is they they were in the second overtime. So think of that. It took two extra periods for him to hit 40-something minutes. They play a 60-minute plus some overtime, and he plays nearly 40 minutes in a meaningless game. I like DJ Smith, but what the hell? Sure. I I think you're a little more upset about it than I am. Because there's no point. You're just killing the guy. Like You're telling me Thomas Shabbat, and also he played Ron Hainsey like 20 minutes. What are you doing? 26. Uh, 26 minutes. 26 minutes. What do you have other defensemen? The Mark? millennium, the millennial Ron Hansey. <laughs> the millennial. Oh, where is it? I, 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 oh, there's this hilarious thing that Elliot Freeman wrote in 31 Thoughts. Talked about the interest that Mark Borowiecki could get. And it was really funny. Like, not only for his, his safety in his own zone, but also his ability to lower crime rates in a metropolitan <laughs> area. <laughs> Freeman's the best. He really is, isn't he? Uh, so, <laughs> so I put down that Tony D'Angelo tweeted. The only reason I put it down is so obviously if if you're if you listen to the news, you for sure know that uh, Tr- President Trump was impeached yesterday. Who? Uh, President <laughs> Trump. So he put Mary impeachment day, but good luck in the Senate. Hashtag Mary acquittal uh, at real Donald Trump. And his comments blew up. Now, they, can we just can we just preface this? The 201 podcast does not have any political stance. No, and if we did, no. it would not be on the side of the Republicans. No, I just feel bad. I just feel bad for this for Tony D'Angelo. They're ripping him on, oh, what team are you going to get traded to next? Oh. <laughs> Someone goes, go play for Russia. You'll be happier there. I mean, <sighs> but Tony D'Angelo's political views haven't been a secret. Neither are Max Domi's. Yeah, but to go, go in and... Okay, that's fine. 
listen, I just put it in here because his comments exploded, and mm-hmm. that's honestly the only reason it was in here. I just thought it was a little bit funny. Especially when Pelosi's trying her best to keep it in the house, but uh, but anyway, I, I that's a whole different issue. Yeah, it will be interesting. Again, we we don't take sides, but trust me. Um, like we we'll see this. We don't like Doug Ford, so I think you should tell what we're you can tell what we're probably hoping is happening with the the state. So, Alex, let me ask you this: What is your read of the bye week? This is from. Corey Pronman of the Athletic, obviously. Oh, so uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, auditing the grades for the 2016 NHL draft. So it's just basically going uh, what the grade was and what the grade is now. Just it's kind of cool. Was 2016 Connor or Nico Heischer? That that was Austin Matthews, but close. <laughs> I went two beside. Um, mine is a very, very interesting one. It's also the athletic Arpan Basu. I'm going to read you the whole tweet here because it's very interesting. My piece on Carey Price and the wild story behind how he got his name has been unlocked and will be free to read for non-subscribers to Athletic Montreal until December 31st. There's also a link for a discounted subscription at the bottom. Please read. That's on his Twitter account. But uh, it's a really interesting story. It talks actually about Carey Price's because, of course, his father actually played in the league as well, drafted by the Flyers. And it talks about how... Um, how Carrie Price is actually named Carrie. And it is a fascinating story. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much here because this is like probably one of the first things I've mentioned on the read of the bye week that I really want people to look at. Um, that's It's it's the love of the athletic. It's those little stories that you're not going to see publicated in, in like a lot. There's not going to be a lot about it, but it's, I really, really like it. Um, fantastic stuff. Alex, there won't be a pop quiz today because honestly, I can't. Alex, you're so disappointed. So disappointed. But honestly, I just unbelievable. Couldn't, I couldn't think of one. Um, no okay, time then let's get working. Then let's get into it. This trade is not one for one. Yeah, Alex. Um. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, and I'm I'm sounding very upset about this because I have a lot of problems with the Taylor Hall trade. So, the Arizona Coyotes. I think have may have just pulled off the heist of the century, even if it's only for a few months, and have acquired Taylor Hall from the New Jersey Devils. The Devils retaining half his salary and, and um, also trading uh, one of their prospects. I'm trying to have all the details up here. I'm so Blake, sorry. Blake Spear. I have the details. you want me to just then, go through it quickly? Yeah, could you please? Yes, yes. So yes. the New Jersey Devils trade Taylor Hall and Blake Spears to uh, – to the Coyotes for Nate Schnarr, Nick Merkley, and Kevin Ball, who are all prospects, mm-hmm. plus a guaranteed 2020 first-round pick. Well, actually, top if it's top, top three protected, and a conditional third-round pick. Now, the condition is uh, the pick turns into a second if Hall resigns or the Coyotes win one playoff round. The pick turns into a first if Hall resigns and, and they win one playoff round. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, do you want to start with Sure, because I got some stuff if you want me to go through it. Sure. Do you want to start with the Arizona side of things or you want to start with the New Jersey Devils? Say I'd start Arizona because I think the real issue I have is with New Jersey here. But fantastic okay. for Arizona, isn't it? 
Yeah, so I'm like, no doubt the Coyotes came out of this trade winners. Mm-hmm. They had to give up. They Sure, they gave up prospects and two picks. But I would argue that this is the best team they've ever had. Oh, for sure. And think about it. They didn't even have to give up any roster pieces. No they Barrett didn't have Hayden to, either. No Barrett Hayden. No Victor Soderstrom. They didn't have to give up uh, Ch- Chikorin. They didn't have to give up Dvorak, Stepan, or Schmaltz. Now, they still, the fact that they gave up three prospects in Ball, uh, Schnarr, and Merkley, who I'll talk about later, they still have prospects who can come up. Uh, they have Barrett Hayden, who started uh, this year in the NHL. Now they just loaned him out to the World Juniors. They have Victor Stroderstrom and Kyle Capobianco, who are both in the AHL and are both NHL defensemen. Stroderstrom sooner rather than later. And I've, goaltender Ivan Prozvetsov in the AHL. Now let me pull you up his numbers because he has some wicked numbers. I was quite impressed by these numbers. Uh, let me pull that. In the this is in the AHL. He has a goals against average of one point nine seven seven, and a save percentage of nine four four in eight games. And he's b- pretty much been above nine hundred in the OHL, in the ECHL, and in the USHL. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have to give him up. That seems like a type of guy the New Jersey Devils should get. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I have to say that. I'm the, Alex, you look very upset with me. But I, no. I need to mention this. Go. Thomas Shabbat has already... I don't want to swear. He's already played 11 minutes in the first period. And it's just finished in the second game. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go no on. No. Please, I'm sorry. Time marked that. But sense. Okay. So. Yeah, go on. I'm sorry. I had to do that. Um, you look at this team right now, and I'm gonna kind of give you what their top six looks like: mm-hmm. Taylor Hall, Dvorak, Kessel. That's your first line. Keller. Soderberg and Schmaltz is your second line. And eventually, I think you get to a point where Barrett Hayden is your second line center. Mm-hmm. That is a deadly top six. That is a deadly top six. Now, this team, I don't think they're Stanley Cup contenders. And I it's weird to say that because they just got the hottest UFA. Mm-hmm. But... I don't think they're I don't think they're there yet. No. I think if they, if they can keep Taylor Hall, they bring up some more prospects. Uh the players they have get better. You see uh Connor Connor Garland, uh you also have Lawson Krause, Christian Fisher. They're, these players are getting better. They're still young. Sure, in a few years if Dar and I Paul if Darcy Kemper plays the way he's been playing, this team will be a Stanley Cup contender one day. You know what they remind me of? Do you, do you uh, the Arizona Coyotes? What? A fantastic puck-moving defenseman, can't score any goals, and have a Vesna-caliber goalie. They are the 2015 Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> but they've actually done something about it. 
Oh, you sound upset. And I know we're, we're going to get to it later. You know what I, I love the most about this for the Arizona Coyotes, Alex? Is Tell that me. is that I'm not getting angry there. It's just I, I Arizona to me is what Carolina has always been to a lot of other people is the team that you're just waiting for them to make and take the next step. But also Arizona to me is is the opposite of the Leafs. Now everyone says Dubis is this revolutionary analytics led driven GM, but John Chaykas actually was the first one to do it, and they've actually seemed to have taken different approaches. Dubis is all in on offense because of the talent he's at. When John Chayka has actually gone the other way and has gone pure defense, great goalie, bringing Nick Jarmuson and all that. And I love also that Taylor Hall is a name that that market has needed forever. Now, I'm going to counter you here and mm-hmm. just kind of go with me. Okay. It's, I, I think they were when both these GMs were put into their position, they were at a different point. The teams are at different points. The lead, when Dubis became GM, the team was basically all in on what they had already developed. He knew what he wanted to do. And you look at the way he's drafted, you see that he's trying to bring in defensemen. So his offense was already stacked. Whereas, whereas, some with the Coyotes, I argue that the the defense is where their strong suit was. Now it wasn't that strong, but it was stronger. I'd argue it was stronger than their forward core. Now he built that forward core. You look, you trade Dylan Strom, you bring in Taylor Hall, you have Phil Kessel, Clayne Keller. Like you look at the names that he's brought in, and sure. He's he's bringing in offense, but that's because that's what the position of need was. Whereas in Toronto, they drafted Jacob Chicker in a defenseman. Don't forget that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, and I think that was the same year they drafted Keller. I believe it was the the, the pick. They got this mixed up on the ACB, but I think for sure it was the Datsuk pick that was Chicker because Chicker and fell. I remember he was supposed to be a top five pick. Now. I had I texted you this, mm-hmm. and I thought this was the most interesting thing ever, and I've never thought about it. So, uh, was it a year ago or two years ago? Uh, the three big defensemen were have all had all signed their extensions: Ekman, Larson, Carlson, and Doughty, all in their mm-hmm. UFA year. Who would have thought? And we could be wrong by the end of the year, depending on how the Sharks pan out. Who would have thought that the Arizona Coyotes and all of Rackman Larson would be the team in the best position? No, no, no one, no one did. Now, no I'd ar- I'd argue that I'd argue that sure we knew that the back half of those deals is for specifically for Carlson and Doughty were not going to look good, but I didn't think they were going to look this bad this fast. And I thought that was a very interesting point that no one's talked about. That's very true. Carl, I think we all knew that the Kings and the Sharks were bound to fall off eventually. I don't think we thought the Kings were going to be as, not just Dowdy, but the Kings in their entirety were just going to drop down. I was, and, and then I'm still hoping the Sharks could turn it around, but I mean, Eric, 
you can't repl- you can't get a new groin and ankle for Eric Carlson, and um, for sure. See, uh, there have always been. I believe it's 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 two or it's three players I've always dreamed of being Habs is Vlad Tarasenko, uh, Eric Carlson, and Oliver Ekman Larson. So I'm so happy to see OEL in a good position because no one ever talks about him. That is true. He can put up f- at least 40 points. Think of this. Ekman Larson in the past has put up at least 40 points as a defenseman on one of the lowest scoring franchises ever. That is saying yeah. something. So, Do you want to move on to the uh, New Jersey Devils side? Yeah, I do. Uh, I really okay. do. Do you want me to start again? Yeah, sure. So... When I looked at this first glance, I'm like, okay, they got prospects. And then I looked at it again. I'm like, that's it? That's really what you got for Taylor Hall? And I looked at the past UFA deals. And there's two that come, there's two major ones that come to mind in Eric Carlson and Mark Stone. Mm -hmm. And how different they look. Now, you look at the Eric Carlson deal and you say okay you get Chris Tierney you get Dylan DeMello you got two NHL roster players right there and then you have the picks I look at this deal as more similar to the Eric Carlson trade than I do to the Mark Stone trade and I'll tell you why because the Mark Stone trade was made because we knew Mark Stone was signing an extension yes that's why they got Eric Brandstrom when Eric Brandstrom was traded Eric Brandstrom was the best prospect not in the NHL yeah they couldn't they haven't gotten anything they got so just the trade the reminder brandstrom oscar lindbergh and a second round pick best part of that deal eric brandstrom yes without by a doubt. far what's the best part of this deal the first i mean the, nick merkley isn't no. he's a bottom yeah. six player if he pans out so i was looking and and I kind of have not full scouting reports, obviously, but what I've what I've read, it seems that Merkley is an NHL ready player now, but he's just been dealt all, like an awful hand. He's had all these injuries. Right now, he has 16 points in 26 games uh, with the AHL team, and I think. The best thing that he could be is maybe a second-line center at best. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a middle six player. Mm-hmm. Where And and Schnarr, Nate Schnarr is another bottom six player at this point. Nine, Never heard of him. Nine points in 22 games, first-year pro. Now, the big one, and we talked about it. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the show, but we heard it on headlines that they were talking – between Arizona and New Jersey, they were talking about Kevin Ball and all this all this hype about it. And it seems from what I've read and what I've heard is that he's really could potentially turn into a number four D. 
He has 20 points in 28 games with the auto 67s, and he's at the World Juniors. This is the guy they they were fighting for. No, I, I want to get this up because I'm very fast. Because I thought I saw a little tweet about this from Dmitry Filipovich or or something. Can you tell me, Alex, off the top of your head, top of your head, how tall is Kevin Ball? I can't tell you, but I, I, I guess he's like six feet, or I don't know, oh, more than higher, taller than six feet. He's six six. Okay. We want big guy now. By the way, uh, you said that Nick Merkley could probably be a second line setter. At best. No, 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 no. Which means this is the way I look at it. No, 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 no. He will be a third line center. On a contender. Because in today's NHL, the best centermen, the best teams in the league have two number one centermen, one two bunch, and your third line guy. So the be- that's what the best he is, right? Nate Schnarr, same thing. I've never even heard of that guy before. Kevin Ball, yes, top four is the best he can be, but he'll probably be a fifth. All right? Now, may I, may I go on a bit here, please? Go ahead. Now, I'm thinking of a few different trades. So you obviously mentioned Derek Carlson, Mark Stone, but I also think about, and this isn't me being a Habs fan, but I think about the Max Pacioretty deal. There was an extension in place, yes. But out of that, the Habs got a second, they got a prospect in Nick Suzuki, and they got Tomas Tatar. You are basically giving the Coyotes their biggest need not only on but off the ice on a scorer who can be a heart trophy candidate when he's healthy and at the same time off the ice exactly what that market needs all right and you are also giving away the best player your franchise has had up front since maybe prime patrick elliott or Ilya kov prime Ilya kovalchuk which is saying something okay I have a question. Yes, go ahead. So I know you, uh, based on what you're saying, you have some trades you'd like to compare, right? Yeah. Are most of them with extensions? No, it's it's really only the the patch ready, the stone, okay. and that trade, right? Because that's that's if we're gonna compare to ones with extensions. It, it it's we're gonna be here for hours because no 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 it take too much time. Just the point I'm trying to get here, Alex, is I made a joke. If you remember this, that the Sens were going to get more for Eric Carlson than the Devils were going to get for Taylor Hall. You honestly might be right. And because originally they didn't, no one thought Carlos was going to resign at first, and then they got the additional first rounder because he resigned. And now look at how good that's going. Now, so this is what I'm seeing here. Taylor Hall is the exact type of player they need. He's a superstar. And when I saw that trade come in, I thought nothing but this is underwhelming. And when you look at the trend of the Stone deal, the Carlson deal, and the return for that, and now Taylor Hall, 
we are now seeing the rental market go down, 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 down. And my big point here is how bad this is for the game. The salary cap is already making stuff like trend deadline and mess already. But now heart trophy candidates going for this kind of return to a, a team that that needs him in more than one way and that you had a bidding war for? This is the best you can get? Why do you think uh, I'm I, so pissed at stuff at the league? It's because of stuff like this happening that this game is going downhill. This is ridiculous. I think they made the trade with the wrong team. I would argue that, listen, I said it before. There, or I didn't, sorry. They are really looking for quantity over quality. The prospects included in this deal are good, but they aren't extraordinary. At the end of the day, they got three B-level prospects and a late first-round pick, pick plus whatever the hell that conditional pick turns into. It feels like spare parts. They traded with the wrong team. I Unless Ray Shiro and the scouting department in New Jersey see something in at least Kevin Ball and maybe Nick Merkley you go to Colorado I guarantee you you can probably get better players you go to Florida you can probably get better players did you hear that so by the way it was Alexi Hipponiemi that right, was and Henrik Borgstrom yes well so it was Hipponiemi right and all that we knew that for a fact. Now, sorry I, if you hear like a bunch of things and all that. But anyway, I can guarantee you both those players are going to be better than Nick Merkley or Kevin you know Ball. The, you know what the thing is? I, and this is kind of just popped into my head right now. But I wonder if what happened is other teams weren't offering a first-round pick and they were more comfortable taking that first-round pick and, and uh, B-level prospects than than the better prospects. And I know it sounds stupid out loud. I know it sounds stupid out loud, but you get for them, they might be more comfortable with taking that first round pick in a stacked first round for this year. But then I feel so stupid to me, Alex, because I'm going to, again, let's go to the stone and patch ready deal. And you I know can't look at those say. deals. You can't look at those deals. But those were second rounders, but at least you had a great prospect, right? I you can't tell me like I look at the type of players that Stone and Pacioretty are. The only award Max Pacioretty has only ever won is a Master Ten. Mark Stone is probably going to win a Selkie one day, but that's it. Taylor Hall is a heart goddamn trophy winner, and I, I was so happy when Kevin Moore. Sorry, when um. Justin Bourne said this on um, on Hockey Central at noon that if you're trading Taylor Hall, you need a guarantee. And what guarantee did the New Jersey Devils get in this trade? Trading one of the best players that this franchise has ever seen. What was the guarantee? You know what they get? Okay. A first round pick. A first round pick. And listen, if Max Pacioretty didn't sign the extension, the Montreal Canadiens don't have Nick Suzuki. If Mark Stone doesn't sign an extension, it's not Eric Brandstrom. I can't I can't say this enough. You can't compare those deals. The best I, comparison to this deal is is by far, you want to make a comparison, the Eric Carlson deal. 
We can sit here and talk about that. I can argue that Rudolph Balsers and Joshua Norris are going to turn into more than wherever the hell these guys are going to turn into. But is it that if we can agree to disagree on that, because I think we could agree that at the same time that the way the rental market is going in the league is just the worst thing ever. It's so sad to see. The way the rental. If they go to a team they're not willing to sign an extension to, yes. But you look at the Mark Stone and Mac Pacioretty deals where they signed extensions. I thought those were good trades. Look at Nick Suzuki now. Are you upset about Nick Suzuki? Oh, I don't miss Pacioretty at all. Right. I don't think the Ottawa Senators are complaining about Eric Brandstrom. No. The fact that no one could get an extension done with, with Taylor Hall was bad was i think listen i don't think there was a chance in hell that darren ferris was going to get an extension done with any Everyone team at this point in the season every every fan in the in the league so every fan of the nhl knew that taylor hall no matter where he was going wasn't going to sign an extension right and that automatically devalues that automatically lowers the value of what he's going to get Taylor Hall. I just I can't agree with you here. You I I just think to trade Hall, you need that. You need something for your fans to get excited about. I agree with you. I agree with you. Is it what's gonna move the needle for you guys? Adam, Adam, I agree with you. I all, but I think they traded with the wrong team. If you go to a Colorado, you go to a Florida, or even the Islanders who have actual prospects who are decent who i would want instead you go to the arizona coyotes why what if you could get connor timmons in a second round pick i think telling me i take it in a freaking heartbeat man yeah well i think i think it's time to move on from taylor hall i think well, I think we can, what we can agree on here is it's fantastic for for the uh, the for the Arizona Coyotes and for New sure. Jersey, whatever. I think there there's a bit more to be desired there. I think you to see a the, lot. Sorry, go ahead. The weird thing with the New Jersey Devils is they came out. Ray Shiro came out and said, "Oh, it's not a tire fire or whatever a fire sale." I don't remember what he said. You know yeah. why he said that? Because he can't be the one to rebuild this team again. Mark Bergevin says otherwise about destroying a team and getting the chance to rebuild it, my friend. It's, wait till he doesn't make the playoffs, and then you come back to me. Also, what you uh, feel about Mark Bergevin? Also, um, by the way, the first round pick about New Jersey. Who was the last player you can think of off the top of your mind that that team properly developed? Name me three players. Mm. He sure doesn't count. First overall pick. Vatanen, trade, Zuban, trade. Exactly. Wait, what? Is it Will is it Will Butcher? I don't even know if he was a first round pick. Uh I don't know, but isn't he on the block? No, no, he can't. He's not on the block. He's still young. It's Vatanen's on the block. Vatanen. Well, no, there was someone else before. Vatanen is, but there was another player that Friedman. Uh, Green. Green, no, Andy no, Green. Was, this is bef- like a month ago he was talking about. It was another player. I'm. It was either. Oh, I, Damon Severson. 
Damon Searson. No, it, I, I, it was not. It was not. See, buff. That's the funny thing. It's not a tire fire. But for the past month, we've been hearing about like three different players. Uh, mm. I swear, it might have been Blake Coleman then. I think it was Blake Coleman. But oh. you see what I mean? It's not a tire fire. When me and you can think of four different players, they've been rumored to try and get rid of. There is a list of names, and you've listened to the SDP. And Steve was talking about how they shouldn't just burn it to ash because you look at the Buffalo Sabres and they say, oh, they're liter- they're just recovering from literally burning it to the ground. The thing is, there's not a whole lot to be content about with this team. And no. I, know you want, I know you want to move on, but we're here. Mm-hmm. You you have to strip down this team. Now, there's players, sure, you want to keep them because they're pros, right? You need vet- At the end of the day, you need veteran veterans in the locker room, right? So you want to keep Kyle Palmieri? Fine. Uh, you got to get rid of, rid of Wayne Simmons. I'd argue you can trade Nikita Gusev. I just don't know what you get for him. P.K. Subban? Don't know what the hell you're getting for that. Sammy Vatnin's done at the end of the year. You can probably get something for that. I don't know if you touch Damon Severson and Will Butcher. Yeah. They're 25. But it's weird start, that they were trying to trade him. I don't know why they were looking for a defensive prospect when the biggest thing they need is a goalie. Yeah. Why have we not? Why has there not been more talk about that he did all this goose at PK? Get a goalie, dude. Do you know why they're not going to get a goalie? Because they're trying to finish bottom of the league. They don't need a goalie now. They need a goaltending prospect. That's what they need. I they need someone who can. Their chips on Mackenzie Blackwood. I feel bad for him because I think he could have a future in this league. I just don't think. You never this know with goalies. Is, no, I obviously you never know with goalies. He could be the next Jordan Bennington. I don't know. But, man. man. Shall we move on to the big two teams, right? Yeah, I'll, I can go first. I don't mind. You're, I'll let you cool off. Yeah, thanks. So... There's just a couple things I kind of wanted to go on, and I'm going to save the Acapozo hit for last. Yeah. Um, so it was announced the Leafs are one of multiple teams interested in KHL goalie Timur Bilyov. He's 24, hasn't decided if he wants to stay in the KHL or come to the NHL, couldn't make a decision by March. Now, we both know that goaltending is a huge problem in this city. Mm-hmm. And obviously... I, it's not a short-term solution. It's really for next year. But it's something to talk about because we know anyone they bring in, I don't know what's really going to happen if they bring anyone in. But he's 10-1-2 in the KHL. And from what I was reading, he's considered by far the best goalie in the KHL this year with a 1.1 goals against average and a save percentage of 0.957. I'm looking at his numbers for the past few years. Uh, yeah. Uh, 957, no. 930, 934. Perfect. 923, 937. Yeah, he's a 
Oh, he's pretty good, this kid. He just had got off a shadow streak that was just over 316 minutes. He's 5'10", too, which... And he's 5'... Yeah. For. Weird. Yeah. He's small. Yeah. Now, I want to get to a player that I think I owe an apology to. Martin Marinson. No, no, no. I, I think I owe an apology to Justin Hall. Who's a good player? A good player. No, no, he's gone. He's a good player. He's a now. Good. There's a lot of people who don't like him, and I guarantee you, all the people that don't like Justin Hall love Babcock. Why do people not like <laughs> Justin Hall? Because, because Babcock didn't like Justin Hall. And you know what makes it even funnier is that Justin Hall is a UFA at the end of the year. So so just when we all thought the contract talk in the city was over, Travis Durham is an RFA and Justin Hall is an UFA. I can't wait till people start doing the Hall is better than Barry stuff or... Forget about Barry. We have Justin Hall. That's nuts. And the last thing. I got to breathe. I got to do some breathing before I start. Just before you do while you're collecting. Kyle Ocaposo. (laughs) What? At the end of what? I, I, I actually work with this guy named Corey, and he actually got he was he used to play hockey, and he actually played a couple games in the OHL. And I asked him his opinion on the hit. So at the end of this, you can get a hockey player's point of view on this, and I think you're actually gonna like what he says. That was so late, it was ridiculous. Let me read. Can I read? I I took this from. Uh, the Department of Player Safety when it comes to Farabee because I think those two hits are similar in what 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 was going on. Per the league, almost a full second after the puck is gone, Farabee delivers a late forceful hit to the vulnerable Perot. Now let me just replace some names. Almost a full second after the puck is gone, Acaposo delivers forceful hit to the vulnerable Dermot, knocking him to the ice and causing an injury. Wow, that sounds really similar. Doesn't it? It does. How do you, again, how is it that the league, not even a night apart, sees a similar hit and does nothing about one of them. Also, I don't understand why people were so split on this. Like, Alex, I have never seen in my life everyone so split on a decision before. I don't know why they were split. Um, he, it was late. It, he was against the boards. He went into his numbers squat you like uh, it was literally like watching fair again and they did nothing about it nothing now i don't know if you saw this there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people saying that the that the league is very pro toronto right you hear that 
I'm not the only one who sees that on Twitter, right? No, you're not. The league is pro Toronto. Can I tell you when the last time there was a suspension for an infraction against the Toronto Maple Leafs? Are we not including Nazem Kadri? No, against. Against. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. May 2nd, 2013. They were bad. A player has got has not gone has gone the last time, sorry, the last time a player got suspended for hitting or any type of action towards a player on the Toronto Maple Leafs was May 2nd, 2013. So come at me again and say the the league is pro Toronto. And listen, I'll help I'll help you, Adam. You wanna know when the last time a player got suspended for doing something to a player a uh, Habs player? Um, I wanna say I can't remember. Uh, October thirty first, two thousand and fourteen. What? Yep. Was it? Um. Oh crap! Was it? Oh, don't tell me! Don't tell me! I Who's have against? no. I have no idea. This. I okay. just found it on Twitter. It doesn't. Never say. mind. Okay. Wow. That's um. Yeah. There. Like, yeah. Eastern. Eastern bias. I guess. Wow. Sure. The, the league is pro Toronto and Montreal. We just, because, you know, as Steve says, we've won 51 cups, right? We've, we've won 51 cups. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love, I love the league. So, I, what I love the fans. So, so, what I wanted to point out so, this is a guy, the Corey dude, got to play some games in the OHL before, unfortunately, a bad hit kind of messed up his career. But, he said the exact thing. It was, it was a high hit. It was a late hit, of course. Everything like clearly that it, it, that you would say was wrong with the hit, he agreed with. And this is a guy who has played. The, they played the game, has been in the locker room. All this kind of crap of like, oh, have you ever played the game? That guy saying how terrible the hit was, right? So it was just a, a complete it's joke. A joke. It, it's as, it's the, as bad the, as the, the department of player safety. The, the Department of Player Safety again is a joke. It's it's yeah. a joke. It's the worst Department of Player Safety in professional sports. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the problem is? You put people who get into, and this isn't my opinion. This isn't. I I don't know this for a fact. I when Brendan Shanahan was running the Department of Player Safety, I don't, I wasn't a big fan of hockey. I wasn't in in detail with this league as I am now. I've heard that when he was running the Department of Player Safety, it was quite efficient. But, but now, when you have enforcers running the Department of Player Safety, I wonder why it's not in, not efficient. And everyone had that philosophy of, oh, this is a tough guy. He's had injuries. Let's throw him and see oh, how he does. Oh. And yeah, I know. Oh, big deal. Come on. I would I would get a guy like Mark Savard. Because that okay. guy's... Where did you hear that? Where did you hear that from? Uh, I, I, heard, just... I heard it somewhere. I don't remember where, though. Oh, I, I, I'm not trying to steal it, but I... Oh, for sure. Like, as someone has said it before. Uh, but that's the one you think of, yeah. right? Is 
Oh, for That's sure. The, yeah, like a guy who wasn't known in his career to be a dick or anything. He, he was like kind of like, you know, when Jerome McGinley was a Bruin for like five seconds? It's like, oh. Before he was forced into retirement. I mean, the funny thing is they joke with him, but McGinley was. Uh, anyway. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> But I'm, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I'm so sorry. I forgot what we were just talking. What are we talking about? It's Alex? okay. It's okay. okay. It's All over. Right. Yeah. Player safety. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. Savard. Anyway, player safety. What are you going to do about it? Okay. Let's get to Montreal. The game just started. funny. Hey. Yeah. So did you know, can, Alex? Hey, listen, listen, listen. Can, can yeah. you do, can you do the league? And me a huge favor in losing to Calgary because if no. you if Calgary wins, they're no. tied on points with the Edmonton Oilers. We're tied with points in Toronto in game in hand. I'm not doing this. Oh, so in this in December, the Habs power play is 38.5 percent. That's first in the NHL, Alex. I saw now, that. As I've been working, uh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Uh, it's awesome. Really, really awesome to think about it. Um, I, I keep saying this that like the like Price has really stepped it up, which of course he has, right? And um, Shea Weber honestly might be a Norris. It sucks because he should be. Uh, if, if John Carlson wasn't a thing, Shea Weber would win the Norris this year, and he's never won it, which is crazy. But Alex, I don't think anyone. Anyone, I don't think anyone cares how the Habs have been doing. I don't really think people care about the success because no. Mark Mark Bergeron had a press conference like yes. twenty minutes before Taylor Hall was announced, so we yeah. all knew what was coming. And um, I have a I have a couple questions. Yeah, is it about mortgaging the future? Yeah. What? Listen, I I understand his mentality. And okay, we don't need to mortgage the future because I don't think and and I think you'd probably agree with this assessment too, is I don't think the team is is there yet to add someone like Taylor Hall because Taylor Hall isn't necessarily oh, he's the hump to get you to be a Stanley Cup contender. He'll take you he'll take you to the like if you put him on a team like Colorado they win the cup no problem. No, exactly. Whereas you put a you put a player you put call on the Canadians, how far does he take you? Uh, I mean, does he help? Does he give you a better chance to get in? Get in? Yes, but I mean, yes. Montreal have more pressing concerns, in my opinion. Right. So it doesn't. I I don't think bringing and I and I don't think bringing in Taylor Hall is the right move. I think there's no. other. If you want to bring in a forward, there are other forwards I can think of off the top of my head that you might want to bring in. You in mentioned Chris Tyler Toffoli. I was gonna say Tyler Toffoli, but you said him. Uh, no, I, I'm, th- I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm thinking of someone like Tyler Toffoli, or if he wants. Now he's a right hand. He's right handed. But he can play on the left side in someone like Sammy Vatnin, who's a UFA at the end of the year. And I'd argue that he could help you in the playoffs. Yeah. See, the thing is, Alex, is is I made the joke about mortgaging the future because um, it's always been a staple with Mark Bergevin. When Duchesne first got traded, there was a thing that 
the, that the Habs were going to give up like Nikita Sherback or Nora Jolson. Both players that really haven't really worked out. But that was when the Habs were, you know, good and were expected to make the playoffs. That's before Tampa and Toronto took off, right? And back then, I didn't, I, I didn't give a crap about the future. It was a win now time, right? But now that Montreal in this different position. <clears throat> I agree. Taylor Hall was not the right move. If you go and sign me free agency, then I'll be like, yeah, don't give anything up. Sure, fantastic. Um, I like what you say about Vatnin because the Habs also have an extra second round pick, a bunch of fourths, all that, right? So they could still make the deal. And a puck moving defenseman who can help the power play. I mean, you know me. I, I love. I would love Sammy Vatnin. <clears throat> but to the whole deal of mortgaging the future, it's an unpopular opinion in Montreal right now. But I completely agree with him. I, I, maybe I'm just being conservative. You know me. I've, I'm not pro version, no. but I just, I don't think Montreal are in a position right now to, to trade anyone. Like, leave right. it alone. Right. I don't think, and I, and when I heard it, and it seemed a, a, I had to listen to him speak myself. From what I was reading, it just seemed like everyone was kind of throwing him under the bus. And listen, I don't agree with every move that Bergevin has made. Um, I, I think mortgaging the future on a player as big as Taylor Hall is not where the team is currently at. Mm-hmm. If we're talking two years down the line, maybe even next year, depending on players uh, you bring in through free agency and how your young players develop, then mm-hmm. that's a completely different story. But right now, the team is looking for someone who can help them bump them into the playoffs. And sure, Taylor Hall does that, but that's going to take a lot. See, I mean, it might not, depending on... Uh, it might not, based on the deal that they got. That's but, the worst part, is when like you look at what they the Devils gave up, and you're like, Really? But then I think is I think it's why the Oilers didn't get him is uh, Bergevin doesn't want to give up his first round pick, which I completely agree with. I don't think he's ever done it honestly, and I, I'm very okay with that. <clears throat> and uh, another thing for the press conference, I just want to get it out the way now. Um, Bergevin's confident that Alex Romanov will be a half next year, which is really awesome. But but yeah, going back to the future and all that. And I think that's the biggest part for you. At the end of the day, your team is set. The team is set up. Uh, yes, the team isn't necessarily set up for now. The team is set up for the future. This, and I think this is where a lot of people's mentality, based on what you're describing, a lot of people's mentality are at right now, is that you have Shea Weber and Carey Price on long-term deals, who are who are older, mm-hmm. and they want to see them win now because at the those guys are in win now mode, and. That's why people say bring in Taylor Hall because sure, with the right string of luck, they can with Taylor Hall the Canadians could win the cup, but the chances of that happening, <laughs> sorry to blow to tell you, but the chances of that happening were low. Yeah, exactly. So to sit here and say you know what, you need to trade uh, a A level prospect to get this guy and. Uh, a B-level prospect and a pick, whatever, you sh- Bergevin should be looking at, sure, you want to bring in a rental, which I know he generally doesn't like to do. Nope. You want to bring it, you want to make a hockey trade? Go ahead, there's players out there you can get. But you need to do it now. 
I'm, I'm not necessarily saying trade your first round pick and these prospects, but do something. You, you know what I do appreciate about Bergevin is, um, <clears throat> is he's obviously, if they don't make the playoffs this year, there's a serious chance he could get fired. Because I, I didn't realize this. He's been GM for eight years. It's felt like a long time. But what I appreciate is, even with it's very clear his job's on the line, he's putting the team first, which right. there are other GMs which would not do that. Um, now, of course, if we're past trade deadline and there isn't any sort of move, then we have a problem. But we'll, we'll see. Again, yeah, Bergeron doesn't normally do it, but I think for once he... And I say we say it every year. He has the cap space. He has the assets. But I think he's not going to do anything stupid. But I, I, I think I'd be surprised if Bergevin doesn't do anything at all. But again, it's Bergevin. You have to expect the unexpected. I mean, you can't read right for sure. And we won't hear about it because it's 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 weird. Montreal, Toronto, a few others. You don't get a lot out of so. The Islanders. You don't hear yeah. anything. Mob boss Lou Lou running it. Uh, I'm just checking Twitter now, Alex. Uh, I don't think anything is going on right now. I think we're all good. Uh, did you see Svechnikov scoring another lacrosse goal? I did see that. That was quite impressive. What? Which was better, the first or the second one? The first one, because it was his first. I, I don't know why, but the fact that it, it was his first one... And no one expected it. Makes it so much better. Uh, zero zero Montreal into the first five minutes of the game quickly, and the shots are four to two in favor of the Flames. Good start. Okay, Alex. Well, I think that's everything for today. If you all enjoyed this episode of the podcast, what you should do is um, wherever you're listening to it, subscribe. Uh, notifications, if that's a thing, where you listen to. I know iTunes ones are very much uh, not great. Uh, but you should leave a review on the podcast, rate it as well. Follow me and Alex on our Instagram, our Twitter's, my YouTube channel too. By the way, why not? Also, of course, check out the show's YouTube channel where we put clips and all. Alex does all the hard work and puts the clips up, as well as the Instagram page. Again, Alex does all the hard work there, and I just leave uh, really funny comments. Well, I think they're funny. <laughs> but we will see you. Are we doing an in-studio one on Sunday or? Sure. Sure? Okay. Um, Perfect then, Alex. I will see you and the listeners then. Yes. Yes. Goodbye.